All right, welcome to Black Consumer News of Arkansas Radio, news that empowers. You're listening to KABF 88.3 FM, the voice of the people. Welcome back to this week's edition of BCN Headlines. We have turned the corner on fall and are now headed for October and Halloween and then Thanksgiving. Halloween. And then Christmas. I mean, it's coming and I mean, it's coming You know Halloween. I am in Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, that's your favorite holiday. All right. Scam. Take take their candy. Okay. But we, (laughs) but, um... The big headline in 2021 is still the same as the big headline in 2022. And what's 2020, that? 2020, I should say. COVID-19. COVID-19. Yeah. Over the past few weeks, several top scientists and healthcare executives have made their predictions on when the pandemic that began in March 2020 will be over. So, do you think the pandemic will be over next month, next year, or never? So, we want you to chime in <laughs> with us and you you can always reach us here at the station at 501-433-0088 with your comments. Um, that is one of the topics we're going to be talking about today, along with the retirement of Dr. Frances Collins. She's the CEO of the National Institute of That's Health. That's a he. I mean, he, he, mm-hmm. excuse me, he, Francis, you know, kind yeah, of throws you off a goes, little bit. Goes. I, I knew that, but I said it anyway. Um, so uh, he's retiring mm-hmm. uh, from the Institute of Health and how Arkansas lawmakers are dealing with the President Joe Biden's vaccine and redistricting fight of the state capitol. That's one thing we were talking about before we came on to the air. We also want to welcome our special guest here with us this morning, Deborah Mitchell. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. And, and thank you so much. She's here with the Democratic, um, the Arkansas Democratic Black Caucus. And we're going to be talking more about what she's doing with that organization and uh, how we can help her in any way that we can possible as a community. Yes. And uh, we'll be, again, we'll be talking to her later more about that um, at around the half hour. However, Deborah, as a guest, you're always welcome to join our conversation as far as the headlines are concerned. Is that right, Wes? That's right. All right. Yeah, I think she's got a lot to say about those things. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Always something going on, right? Yes. Especially with the Democratic Party. We'll learn more about that from her as far as locally what the things are happening. Um, As you know, I'm Angel Burt, your BCN headline co-host and producer and chief creative officer of Black Consumer News media platform, including including our website, radio broadcast, social media platforms, newsletter, and much, much more. And also, as always, we have BCN's publisher and executive editor, Wesley Brown, one of Arkansas's top news person who whose goal is to make BCN one of the top news feeds and mm-hmm. digital publication reads for all Arkansans, not only Arkansas, but around the country yeah, as well. We, we've got a good, good plan. Morning, I don't know. I'm having a little issue with my headset here, but I think I'm going. I'm going to figure it out one way or the other. You doing all right? Yes, I'm doing good this morning. Uh, you like the little chill in there in the morning, mm-hmm. and, and I'm a good. I'm a fall person, so this is my time of the year. I think you're a freezing cold person. <laughs> the ice man over there. It's be ice outside. So no, it's 
summertime. It's summertime. <laughs> no, I think everybody enjoys the the, the the fall time, especially here in in Little Rock in Arkansas when the trees are turning and the gold, it the yellow, the red. Here. It doesn't get cold. No, Not enough. We, Not compared to some other parts of the country, right? Right. Yeah, but the the leaves, no doubt, are, are definitely uh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, it, it it makes you appreciate the the. the um, state that we're in every fall for sure so again welcome back to this week's edition of bcn's headlines where we are here to discuss debate and take part in the top local state and national headlines this week and the top stories on the blackconsumernews.com and we want you to join us in that top news each and every day go to our website our instagram page and also every monday morning uh, we have our morning brew so you can sign up for our newsletter just go to the website and uh, just sign up there and that will keep you updated with a lot of local things that are going on in our community yes absolutely and i get it. Mm-hmm. And I read it. it. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. It and you read it. Okay, yes, great. Ma'am. So we love and we thank you for that, Deborah. And we definitely <laughs> appreciate that support. And we have a lot of supporters. We yeah. want to thank well, our, our subscriber list is growing. Yes. So I'm excited Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. So we're just going to jump right in and talk about Dr. Francis S. Collins, Ph.D., on Tuesday announced his decision, Wes and Deborah, to end his tenure as mm-hmm. tenure as the director of the National Institute of Health by the end of the year. Dr. Collins is the longest-serving presidentially appointed NIA director, having served three U.S. presidents over mm-hmm. more than 12 yeah. years. So this is very significant right now, especially in the middle of a pandemic, a health yeah, crisis, and, for him to step down. Yeah, he, he is considered the top scientist in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, and the National Institutes S of Health means that there are about 20 different organizations under the NIH that do research across the United States. They started the the, the Genome Project, uh, uh uh, the, uh, that studied first studied DNA. They've done mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, groundbreaking uh, back, you know, 30 years ago on uh, HIV and AIDS. They are doing uh, some uh, uh, groundbreaking research on cancer, Alzheimer's, uh, 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 of course, COVID-19. That's that's been kind of their focus. Actually, they came out with a study this week on on the impact of of COVID-19 on minorities, especially black. And brown people, uh, his decision to step down. Uh, uh, he started under uh, President Obama. He was first uh, appointed by President Obama, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he started uh, n- now the, the Gen- Genome Project, which is really looking at how DNA affects and studying uh, the link of, of DNA. Um, what you're seeing now, uh, you've got actually companies out there that can take your DNA. And do all amazing kind of things, mm-hmm. you know, about your 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 history, mm-hmm. where you come from, even for the country. Uh, it, there was one incident where uh, a white woman thought that she was white, but when she went back and looked at her <laughs> ancestry, she found out that she didn't have any white in her. So yeah, and there's also something going on with making prototypes using right. the DNA yes. as well. And and also it, it affects uh, law enforcement now. Law enforcement is able to go back and look at cases 
20 and 30 years and you're starting to see a lot of cases where black people were accused of doing things and they go back and look if they can find the DNA from those cases. A lot of the police posts have thrown mm. that, that stuff away, but they've gone back and look at some of those cold, so-called cold cases and check the DNA and they'll, they'll find out sometimes that the p- people, person of interest that they were looking at is indeed the person who committed those crimes, but you have to li- have evidence to, to bring them to court. And uh, then you may find cases where people who who were linked to a case and accused and are sitting in prison had nothing to do with it. So, so does this come to a, a surprise to everyone for um, Dr. Collins to be stepping down? At yeah, this yeah, I, time? I think I so. Mean, because he, but 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 you know, he's getting. Yeah, I, I and think what like, does that really say for the administration? That's what I'm. Well, he's stepping down in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, uh, and that is, of course, the biggest thing that the NIH has. But, but what it does, it gives the the new president Biden time to, uh, because uh, uh, appointing someone to that position right now, there's no FDA director, uh, and it's taken a while. Usually, by the by this time, a year in, almost a year into your your term, you have all your uh, appointments filled. He hasn't filled his FDA appointment. That. That usually is a scientist too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so you're going to have to go out and figure out who is the top scientist, and that's what it says when you appoint this person. It says, "Hey, you are the top scientist. Your peers consider you the top scientist in the right. United States because you're going to make decisions that the and putting well, information out there that affects the entire world. Yeah, especially the world we live in. Yeah, and they uh, he was the one who started the research on. Uh, the SARS, which mm-hmm. is the link to COVID, yes. uh, before COVID, uh, before COVID nineteen came around, I think uh, there was in the Obama administration there was a SARS incident. I think mm-hmm. what, what yeah, was it? it was, uh, and uh, he uh, uh, he was involved in research on that. So they got a head start. Uh, the reason why you know a lot of people say you know the nine months they got the nine months getting the COVID vaccine. Well, some of the groundwork for that vaccine had already been done uh, because of incidents in the past. So uh, that's why. Uh, uh, and was the, he instrumental in, in uh, making that progress? Or? Yeah. You know, okay. when, when when President Trump started, what did, what did they call it, Operation Jumpstart or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. When he started that, that project, uh, the NHH was responsible for bringing those companies, the private sector and the public sector together to do research and actually uh, uh, since Obama was, uh, uh, I think the national budget for NIH was 30 billion annually when Obama was president. Now it's 45, Hmm. uh, 45 billion. So you see the importance of of science now, especially in this time when people people have all these conspiracy theories about science. Well, and that's why I I feel like it's a little bit alarming um, uh, of the fact that he you know, is stepping down in the middle of this humongous crisis. So conspiracy or not, I mean, there has to be a reason. And maybe, <laughs> and maybe we should just give him a call and ask him to become the Black Consumer News and explain himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some people get, you know, he's not a he's not a spring chicken anymore either. So, you know, yeah. he's been in the game for, I think he's around 71 or 72. So, 
Uh, oh, he's still springing. He may not be a chicken, <laughs> but he's still springing with. <laughs> you know, some people want to go and hang out with the uh, grandkids, play some golf. That's yeah. true. That's so, true. Yeah. And I'm sure he's been feeling a lot of pressure as well mm-hmm. um, because there is so much, yeah, much going on. Going with, on. With, 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 uh, you know, that's and he's lot. done a lot. I mean, 12 years is a long time mm-hmm. um, to serve as the top scientist of the world. So well, and, you one know, of the top scientists. And, you know, uh, he's actually most people don't know that he's over Dr. Fauci mm-hmm. so that uh, the, 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 that's a key point right yeah, there yeah his agency Dr. Fauci's agency is actually under NIH so uh, he's not actually Dr. Fauci is not actually the top scientist that the president goes to uh, uh, and actually CDC the NIH all of those are under the, the Federal Department of Health and Human Services they're all sub agencies of that so they all report to uh uh, the uh, Becerra, who's uh, who, who is the head of DHHS. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to switch gears here and talk about the lawmakers here in Little Rock. Um, today, the uh, approved the legislation headed back to the desk of Arkansas to Governor Asa Hutchison that would carve up Pulaski and Sebastian counties into three separate congressional seats and potentially water down the strength of the state's largest black voting ballots or block block I should say yeah so let's talk about that can you explain why the legislators um, legislature is withdrawing um, the congressional map and what does that mean for Arkansas well every year uh, as as the US Constitution requires that uh, uh, when once we get the census information that we redraw the maps for all 435 legislative seats across the United States. Arkansas has four congressional seats, the first district, the second district, the third district, and the fourth district. Uh, The second district, of course, is Pulaski County, uh, and it has the largest city, the largest county, all of Pulaski County, all of Little Rock. Mm -hmm. What this law will do is... I, I I can't explain it, but but there's a word that's called gerrymandering. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it means that the the uh, you what's going to happen is part of Little Rock is going to be in one district, another part of Little Rock is going to be in, uh, in in the district. Then you go to North Little Rock, part of North Little Rock is going to be in part of uh, one district, and then part of the other half of North Little Rock, then you look at the county as a whole, Pulaski County, it's going to be split mm-hmm. into three parts. Right, right. And I mean, when you talk about gerrymandering and conspiracy theory, I think those kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, looking at that, I mean, gerrymandering is very uh, prominent, especially in the Dunbar District, because you have District 36 and 34 that is divided by Chester Street. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is... What, what's borderline ridiculous and so that's similar to what's just happened now um, with this redrawing mm-hmm. and so um, what how what how do we just say okay that that just happens do we take a stand well we're here, it? under what the law yeah. under the law the party who's in power mm-hmm. gets to draw the lines last 10 years ago it was the Democratic Party when Governor Mike B we Mike BB was was governor uh, so what's going to happen in Little Rock, I-630, which we know as a community, and, and Representative Love, Frederick Love said this during the debate, 
is yeah but it, to do it unfairly i mean i know they have the they they have i mean who's ever in power so to speak get to draw the lines but when you're doing something that's unconstitutional practically how does that work deborah you sue Okay. Claims. Okay. You sue. Yeah, that's you, you build to up. <laughs> you build up your your case okay. and having people speak up. Okay. Uh, calling the governor right now because he has to sign. He has the um, mm-hmm. the option to veto or sign it, and mm-hmm. we need to be calling the governor right now. So we have to build our case, um, and how we do that is having the people speak because that will be part of the process in this in the suit. So let so as, mm-hmm. li- as for our listening audience, let's explain these gray areas and kind of mm-hmm. what that I mean let's just break it down what does it mean I mean when we say watering down the vote it dilutes the minority the vote, vote. Well, right. well you're going to have three three separate 21,000 people mm-hmm. in Little Rock mm-hmm. will no longer be inside of the second district right and that was the strongest block of black voters mm-hmm. in the state. If you remember the last election when, when Joyce lost to French Hill, it was 53 to 47 percent. That's really close. That's a close. Mm-hmm. Now, the percentage of black voters is going to be down to 34 percent. And what's going to happen is that the second district is going to have more uh, uh uh suburban white voters. And then you have the first and the fourth district. Uh, there's going to be port like I-630 where it comes through. You can go on one side of I-630. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in one part of a district. Right. And then you cross over. And then there, it's similar to when the, the interstate went straight to the black community back when, when I-630 came through our community and killed our African-American bis- business district. It's going to do the same thing to the electorate. And here's and going to Deborah's point of the lawsuit, the case has to be the, the law says that you can't uh, you can't dilute and mm-hmm. this is what Governor Hutchinson said you can't dilute the black vote mm-hmm. and uh, the the uh, and what we're going to see is that's where the the lawsuit is going to center around mm-hmm. that and there is going to be a lawsuit and this so, is so. really textbook cracking mm-hmm. this is when you yeah. spread out thinly thinly spread out minority population across three congressional districts. Mm-hmm. And that is a textbook. All of the, what happened here is like, you know how you, you, you read about something mm-hmm. in a textbook? Mm-hmm. It's like they and took the to textbook uh-huh. and they said, this is how you do it, mm-hmm. and they did it. Mm-hmm. It's not sugarcoating, they just did it. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's is, what so, so is there a textbook that said we're not going to stand for this and it's not going to happen? Yeah. So is it simply just calling the governor? Who's going who's gonna to put in the lawsuit? Um, what, what, what has to take place? Actually, it has to become law first. Right. Okay. Yeah, the way. Okay. See, see, Governor Hutchinson had it. The, the bill so is on. That's why you're saying go ahead and start calling now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bill is at his desk. He has, he has the choice of signing it. Once he signs it, it's going to go into law. Right. He has the option of doing nothing it will still go into law, but it'll take longer. Then he has the option of veto. The problem with veto now is that the Republicans have a supermajority, meaning that they can overturn his veto easily. Uh, uh, the, the, in the House, it's, the, the, the supermajority is 67. Mm-hmm. There are about 83 Republicans in the House. Mm-hmm. Similar, similar situation in the House. So even mm-hmm. if Governor Hutchinson veto, if the Republicans want this bill, it's going to become law. Right. Then that you sets the, the stage for the lawsuits mm-hmm. 
whether it's uh, an individual, it could be the NAACP, it could be ACLU, you, it could be like it, it could mm-hmm. be a number of ways. It may be more than one lawsuit. Right. So, uh, uh, and what that has to do that that lawsuit will churn its way all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. And I guarantee you, this is not happening just happening in Arkansas. Well, it's happening all across the South, all across. Mm-hmm. It's happening, and it's and um, and I know we're talking about cross 630 but when we talk about communities mm-hmm. so you're looking at let me just break it down for North Little Rock this mm-hmm. is just it's so baffling that the sponsor of the the legislation on the Senate side decided she, she felt it was okay to divide up her county and her city mm-hmm. she's from North Little Rock she's from North Little Rock mm-hmm. I'm like she's my uh, state senator so mm-hmm. you know I was hot <laughs> okay. I was blasting off emails on text but I needed to, to 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 speak up to have my voice being heard as a constituent of hers mm-hmm. yeah. so it didn't impact me in North Little Rock, but it impacted my church community. Mm-hmm. So now my church community is in, is going to be in Congressional District 1. Mm-hmm. And so those five areas, those five precincts mm-hmm. that are predominantly African-American, that are being represented by Representative Jamie Scott and Senator Linda Chesterfield, mm-hmm. will move into Congressional District 1 and now be a part of St. Francis County, Mississippi County, all the way down to Chico County. The so Delta. where's that community of interest? Mm-hmm. for them. And then more importantly, when we talk about not just racial gerrymandering, I like to call it political party gerrymandering, mm-hmm. is that 76%, let me make sure I get my right, 76% of those uh, of those the people in those precincts in North Little Rock voted for Biden. Mm-hmm. 78% voted for Joyce Elliott in the last election. Mm. So that waters down any chance of Mm. someone, the voters in that area, to vote for someone that they choose that will represent them. Mm -hmm. And then when you go into the Little Rock area, where they moved about, it's nine of precincts into the Congressional District 4, Four. which is Union County, uh, Lincoln, mm-hmm. think Lincoln uh, all the Southwest, mm-hmm. so you're talking about all the way to Miller County. Mm-hmm. They are gonna now going to be in Congressional District 4, and that is... That's Miller is Texarkana. Texarkana, All right. the way down to Texarkana. They go Canada. all Hope, the way there. My folks down in Hope, Hempstead mm-hmm. County. All of that, Hope, all of that. So you're going Southwest part. Now going to have a, a different congressional uh, member. Mm-hmm. And that area is part of, you know, part of Southwest. It's... it's um, it's um, a little main part of Little Rock, the black part of Little Rock. Mm. I call it the blackity black part of Little Rock. <laughs> College Station, Wrightsville, mm-hmm. all of the, those voters mm-hmm. that they were now being represented by Denise Senate and Senator Chesterfield. So they went after both of all, nearly a lot of her areas, Senator Chesterfield, and in those those voting black block, sixty seven percent of them voted for Biden. And 69% of them voted for Senator Elliott. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of piggybacks when he says diluting not only the black vote, mm. opportunity for the Democrat, because I'm here with the Democratic Black Caucus, I got to speak about the party. So it is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. It is frustrating because it's so blatant. Yeah, and and and, and then now all the steps you have to take to now, get right, out of the mess, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is what happens when we don't vote. Mm-hmm. This and, is and, what, right? And, and here, here's the other thing: it, it is uh, when when 
right now we're in a situation where uh, uh, Arkansas could be so red Mm -hmm. that it would almost be impossible for uh, there's never Arkansas is the only Confederate state that has never elected a black person to Congress. Mm -hmm. The only one. Mm-hmm. So uh, that could never happen. Uh, uh, Senator Joyce Elliott had an alternative bill mm-hmm. that would have made Pulaski County a majority minority, mm-hmm. uh, and that's more in line with what you're seeing with the census data. Right, Arkansas has become more black and brown. We are, and and uh, uh, but but uh, uh, what what this map does, and and, and the map that they approve. Uh, uh, will bringing uh, will, will, is diluting the black vote by putting them in a pool of rural voters mm-hmm. that are mostly white. That's that's essentially what's happening. Yeah, um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. And, and for our listeners out there, if you have any questions or comments and you want to join the conversation, please give us a call here at 501-433-0088. You're listening to Black Consumer News uh, Radio here on KABF 88.3, the voice of the people. And we want to hear the people's voice. So, again, give us a call here with your comments. Or even if you have questions about all this gerrymandering and about this bill um, being passed, Past and how it's going to affect us. And really, I want to talk about what is it, again, that we can do. So is it is it as if we're just, again, just sitting ducks? Uh, we're just waiting for the governor to sign it or veto it. And if he signs it or vetoes it, then we still have a, we still have a, a, a huge fight well, ahead of us. Well, and that there's another process that has to come. The Board of Apportionment mm-hmm. has to come back later and decide all this hundred... Uh, the hundred seats for the state districts. There's a hundred seats in the House of Representatives, thirty-five senators. Those lines are going to have to be drawn. Right. But those lines are drawn by the governor appointee, the attorney general appointee, and the secretary of state appointee. All of those appointees are Republican. And that, when that map comes out, you're going to see most likely that the Little Rock districts. Or, or in this, they're going to be more white. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, Denise Ennett's seat, uh, Linda Chesterfield's seat, or they're going to be diluted to where if a, a Republican runs against them, they will have a better chance of winning. Uh, and if even if you look at uh, some of the seats of the black representatives, mm-hmm. they look like a jigsaw mm-hmm. puzzle right now. Yeah, it's just it's just terrible. Caller, are you there? Thank you for calling. Well, hotel, Miss Burt, Mister Brown, you. and your guests. How y'all doing this morning? Good morning. Uh, just to make it clear to the listening audience, reapportionment will be going all the way down to the local level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, yeah, for the city, board, municipalities, quorum court, those lines Ju- will be judicial drawn, districts. Drawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my thing is that. Uh, there needs to be a concentrated effort to use both theories, voter dilution as well as voter polarization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both those theories need to be thrown at this, okay? Throw everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, and, and use that section of the Voting Rights Act, Section 2, Two. Mm-hmm. which still has some kick to it, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and thereby addressing it. There's plenty of case law out there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This this oh, like 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 uh, Deborah said. This is classic. Hmm? Yeah. This yeah. is a classic situation. My thing is okay. We can sit and mm. wait. As soon as, as soon as the ink dries, uh, before the ink dries, be right there waiting on the courthouse. Yeah, have that lawsuit ready. Right. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the call. You're welcome. Y'all have a good one. Peace <laughs> and blessings. All right. Throw the book at him. Exactly. Everything at him. Exactly. Yeah. I think we had another uh, person calling in, but we only have one line. So you have to call back and get online, too. So if you hang up and call back, we can get you in on that line. Thank you. So I do want to just share one thing. So we are talking about what can we do? Yes. Okay, so yeah, we do. We, we have the legal aspect. In the meantime, mm -hmm. what can just the average person, person do is getting people registered to vote. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, you know, that's in my heart, in my DNA. So mm -hmm. I'm always out. So I got already going out and getting people registered to vote because even though people talk about Arkansas is a red state, mm -hmm. you know, we are we are more a no voting state than mm -hmm. we are anything, <laughs> if you think about it, because as you can, you know, we've heard that where we are last when it comes to voter turnout, and that's based on voting eligible population, mm -hmm. where um, people who are legally able to vote, excluding the ineligible people mm -hmm. like our felons, they we we don't have enough people. Mm -hmm. So if we just did, mm -hmm. if we just got more people registered to vote, we could probably make a right. better impact along you, with. I know illegal. you sent me some numbers, mm -hmm. but but uh, right now, less than fifty percent of the people in Pulaski County. Uh, are eligible uh, out of the total population are eligible voters about yeah it's about uh, um 230 40,000 mm -hmm. so but um I'm looking at like the whole state yeah. so yeah. I'm looking at the whole state I mean um but, if but, we did but that we, we we see clearly Deborah that there mm -hmm. is a huge disparity um and and we can also compare this to really to, to COVID as well mm -hmm. as far as mistrusting mm -hmm. why aren't people registering the to vote why aren't why don't black and brown people feel like their vote is worthy is it not being educated is it being fearful is it what what are you seeing since you're saying that you know the voting <laughs> uh you know mantra is who you are what you're all about making sure that people get out there and get and, and get registered to vote we say that but then after after we say that then kind of what is that and do people really understand it there's a multitude there's not one answer that that you can put everybody in mm -hmm. reasons why people don't vote could be no one ever asked them <laughs> nobody as simple majority as simple as that <laughs> majority of of um, african americans get registered to vote at an event Mm -hmm. When you when they see a table set up and mm -hmm. someone comes over there and tells them to vote, that's how most there's some studies out there. And it's um, uh, Stacey Abrams even to discuss it in her book that majority of us will go to we get registered when it's someone go to an event of some sort. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to get people registered that way. And, so. and do you think it also has anything to do with the 1964, um, you know, uh, civil rights bill where, and the Jim Crow laws, where prior to that, we had no rights. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, that, and, that, and, that, and that feeling of just not being a part of, and then having to fight from that time, really practically almost up to now, even based on the conversations so, that we're having. Some people feel as though there's a couple of things that we give that I get um, pushback 
um, from people. They don't think their vote matters. Uh, and the, my favorite one uh, to really, you know, to do a clap back on is, um, uh, well, I don't get involved with all this politics stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my rebuttal to that is, you know, if you don't do politics, politics will do you. And, and so I really, I don't take no for an answer when it comes to registering people to vote. Mm-hmm. And uh, I target, and we do target, the Black Caucus targets African Americans the younger people they're just not brought up it's well, a little different in your household like well, how you how you value uh well, voting yeah mm-hmm. and you know the churches used to have this yes. when you turn 18 mm-hmm. your church marched you up to the uh to sign up to vote you right. it, 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 and it was like this if you can if you can go off the wall mm-hmm. at 18 then you you can you can register you uh, uh and, and but you're right you know, the, the 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 efforts to to disenfranchise black people, not only is through this process, but we saw it with the laws that mm-hmm. were passed in the right. uh, uh making it more difficult for black and brown people. Making it to- very challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as vote centers are great, you know, mm-hmm. and the one thing that we kind of have to be real careful about is that um, and, and vote centers allowing anybody who lives in that county to be able to go to one centralized area to vote mm-hmm. as opposed to your precinct, yeah. your polling your polling site with vote centers could the the one thing that we have to be very careful about is that we'll look at vote centers and put it in in areas where it's far away from the people of color Mm -hmm. so we have to really really be careful that's why you have to be mindful of it uh, of those things but getting back to registering is the key registering young people um and i was going to talk about our young people because we look at in in 1972 when mm -hmm. affirmative action bills were were, were passed Mm -hmm. to make sure that we were included in in the workforce right Mm -hmm. and then the 1980s when reagan said okay we that enough of that right so now the door closes once again on the job opportunities and then we're now seeing in my view the effects of that mm-hmm. you know the joblessness so so what, what what happens when you don't have a job then you're gonna buy you're gonna find any means necessary to get into the underground world sort of thing to make a way so when you're trying to make a way for yourself we're talking about young people now, mm-hmm. right right and we see the the headlines that have been happening here in in, mm-hmm. in our city then am I thinking about registering to vote? Do I? Th- do they I, don't. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to think about that. Am I thinking that things matter? So then, how are we going to reach that young person? Well, we have to um, reach them where they are. And you mentioned about churches, but you know, young people are not always yeah. going to the traditional churches. So I'm going to yeah. put it that way. So you have to go where they are. For me, my f- favorite places are beauty and barbershops because if there's one thing mm-hmm. that brings us together. Regardless of your economic status, your educational status, it's going to be your hair status, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. going to the barbershops and the beauty salons, those are great avenues. Getting them to be, because they're the trusted messengers. So getting them, the um, barbers, educated about the power of vote, mm-hmm. they can talk to it. Because sometimes it won't resonate to me, you know, mm-hmm. to someone who looks like, you know, to a young person looking at me. Um, it, they may not get it, but if their barber, did it you know wasn't thinking that voting is important it would be so we have to go there we mm-hmm. have to go where they are so like um there's going to be here in, in pulaski county is going to be that black food truck festival mm-hmm. with cc waffles so you know where we will be 
Mm-hmm. We're going to be right there. So and mobile. That's how we reach and say we need to get you registered to vote. And uh, usually having that discussion about um, one on one, you have to really listen to mm-hmm. why they have that issue, not be, you know, throw it down uh, their throat. But really, we start with that. Why aren't you registered to vote? And, and, and then, then are, are people looking for results, though? Are we saying, OK, when you vote, mm-hmm. this is what happens to your advantage as right. a black or a brown person. This is what's happened. And this is what's happening now. Right. Because a lot of things that we're hearing, even here locally, even with this bill being passed, is because there's no black or brown mm-hmm. people in the Senate, in the in the uh, our representatives. And so so I'm saying where do we start reaching the people? You start well, locally. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is, you know, the congressional district, mm-hmm. that's so far-fetched. You start locally. Mm-hmm. So getting... Um, Another way to do it is getting more African-Americans to run for office mm-hmm. because then they can see it. You know, part of, you know, part of my uh, talking points is, you know, there's two African-American men running for governor. They're going to need your vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need you to be registered. Mm-hmm. So here, fill this out. Caller, <laughs> so, call, are you there? I'm sorry. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. You have a um, question or a comment? I want to make a comment about voting in okay. general. Uh, I live in a small, smaller town north of uh, Conway, about 6,000 population. And a few years back, actually four or five years back, um, I was part of a group to help design a city park and a new fire department building and mm-hmm. so forth. And this was going to cost a lot of money. Uh, it's going it to be, be about a $6 million deal. Okay. And now, obviously, I was, I was, I was for the you know the fire department and the park and so forth and it's really worked out really well but one of the things about voting is uh when we actually had us we actually ended up having a special election and one thing that was really a hard sell for people was was the sales tax increase mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now a small one you know but it was if ha- it was basically it was half cent on the dollar mm-hmm. and it had a sunset clause where part of it would stay there and you know i think an eighth of a cent whatnot and part of it would go away and that was to maintain the buildings and overhead and so forth and that sort of thing well <clears throat> there was a lot of opposition in fact, there was opposition. There was a Facebook page that got posted <laughs> about people in opposition to the very project, okay? So there was a lot of awareness. And, you know, what's interesting to me is, and I'm, I'm 58 years of age, and the reason I say that is because I remember when the amount of uh, the method of communication between people, we didn't have as much. We didn't have cell phones, Internet, and and that sort of thing. We had a social phone, media. that was about it. I'm sorry? And social media also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. Well, it was, it, we took, it, it was about a two-year span from the time we started the project to the time we broke ground, but it was amazing how hard it was to get the message out mm-hmm. about this very subject. We, newspaper, Facebook, mm-hmm. email, um, radio station, TV, you know, it, all the different things, and there were still a lot of people saying, I had no idea. So it's still a challenge to get the message out. It was a special election. And here's what's staggering about this. People say, well, I don't, I don't have time for a vote, or it doesn't matter. It does matter. And, mm-hmm. and, and and part of the reason it matters is because when you have an election, there's no minimum. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you have a town of 10,000 and 1,000 people vote, they're going to say, well, it's not mm-hmm. enough people to really get a, a, a clue about that. So the problem can be is a, a minority yeah, it's, of the it's town. Deciding what, what mm-hmm. the majority yeah. is going right. to do. Mm-hmm. Actually, and I want to give you the numbers. So like I said, this town is roughly 6,000 people, okay? Mm-hmm. You know how many people voted? <laughs> I would say less than 500. Right. About wow, 300. you're good. 
370 people. Yeah. Now, all the issues passed, and it, that was a fire department and a park and so forth. They all passed. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to that, again, I was happy because I was a proponent, not an opponent, a proponent of those issues. And I cam- and pam- campaigned very much so, and my focus was on the retailers on the highway, because the thing about what's wonderful about this is, once the announcement made the park was going to happen, all of a sudden, restaurants started coming to town. Mm-hmm. Right. Businesses started to come into town right. and so forth. So it, it worked out well, but it could have worked out badly as well uh, for the town as a whole, because, like I said, only 370 people dictated the outcome of a town of 6,000. Well, you saw the same thing happen here with, mm-hmm. with our recent election and our mm-hmm. uh, 1% sales tax. Only 16% mm-hmm. of, yep. of, of the electorate uh, in, in Little Rock came out to vote. Uh, uh, and, uh, like you said, the, uh, the minority. Uh, the people yeah. who were against the sales tax right. made the most noise. Right. Caller, thank you for your call. <laughs> and Absolutely. You, especially when something is negative. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Facebook is pro- they're dealing with right now. Um, it's easier. People are more engaged on the negative and <laughs> the bashing than they are on the positive. And when, just like this Carl is saying, this is going to be something that's going to be great for our community. It's going to be good. Sometimes it's harder to sell that than to say the no. It's easy to do the no and this is going to... And and, and, and and one thing I keep thinking about is like, you know, the people that need the vote the most, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about local, mm-hmm. then we're not registering to vote at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the tax millage is coming up now that's going to affect our school districts. Right. And there's two elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two mm-hmm. elections, right, mm-hmm. that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we need those votes. On one hand, yes, for the promises that are being made, so to speak, if you will, right. to help our our, our our failing schools or schools that need, you know, a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And um, but sometimes people are not necessarily seeing those results from those votes. And then people that do vote are talking. Well, I mm-hmm. voted, and and my goodness, by golly, that didn't happen, mm-hmm. right? So I guess what I'm, I'm I'm trying to get a sense of is. How do we start shifting all of this? Because mm-hmm. we've been we've been doing this a real long time <laughs> now, <laughs> and so you know, especially you being a part of the Democratic mm-hmm. uh, Black Caucus, mm-hmm. and like you said, a big part of who you are and what the organization does mm-hmm. is to make sure that we're getting good representation for the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. which is most black folks are mm-hmm. are Democrats. Mm-hmm. We'll just go ahead and say it out there. Right. Our so goal ex- is to help get African Americans elected on, on elected. locals. Mm-hmm. Ex- well. All appointed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what what is the Black Caucus kind of doing to help um, segue more into that okay. uh, and get and get get stronger in that arena because as we know we we have we we don't have a lot of strength in in the house mm-hmm. um, pr- practically no strength at all. Well, we do have some. It's you know we have to. <laughs> I'm an I mean, compared to what, right, compa- is, right. Well, 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 with the bills that are being passed. Yes, that's what you're I mean. absolutely. I right. mean because we have some strong uh, uh, minority and black people that that are holding those seats right and right. that are, that are fighting each and every day. I right. get it. I'm, I'm not saying that they're not valued in what they're doing. Not at all. But we need more of it. Yes. And we so do. how do we get there? Well, just to, just like just want to just reiterate about the Black Caucus. Our, we are an official auxiliary of mm-hmm. the Democratic okay. Party. Yes. And so um, we are the voice of the black perspective for the party. We are our whole objective is to help 
get more African Americans elected or appointed from local all the way up to federal. And we disseminate information about what's going on in our community. That's why, you know, that's a big focus is educating. So um, what we are doing um, is getting more people registered to vote. We're, we're targeting 28 counties. We call it the Black Belt counties. Mm -hmm. Those are the counties where there's a high population of African American or high percent mm -hmm. to total and low voter turnout. So there are 28 counties. And when we look at those counties, that's where we're going to be concentrating on. So you're when taking the data. We taking the, we let the, we follow the data. Mm -hmm. So um, with these 28 counties, you're talking about Pulaski County, Jefferson County, Crittenden County, Craighead County. Mm -hmm. uh, and you wouldn't believe this, but Washington County is in that too as well in Northwest Arkansas because there's about 8,000 African Americans that live there. Mm -hmm. So that's a hot, that's a good mm -hmm. part because you compare that to something like Chico County, it's about that much, I think. Don't hold me to that. But um, what we do is those are the areas that we're going to go. We were in Forest City. We do voter registration, which was so, it really was easy. Because Forest City is one of those areas that really need, uh, um, um, uh, St. Francis County is really a county that really needs more, more people registered to vote. So it was simple. It was real easy because there's a lot of people that are not registered. Mm. So we'll be going to Osceola. That's mm. Mississippi County. It's a big county that we need to really focus so, on. So you're going where the data tells we you. We go, go where the data tells us. Lip so you'll see us doing some things out there, communicating with the people in the community, being a part of the community, attending their events, talking about, like right now we're doing it. So there's no real big election, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't come, you can't, one thing that I tell candidates all the time, you can't GOTV black and brown community. You can't just show up 30 days before and talk about, get to the vote, get to the polls. You start now cultivating, developing that relationship, reaching out. So we go to these events, pass out fans. I mean, there was a concert here in, in um, you know, down in the park. I mean, we, we, we canned out all of these fans because it was hot. Mm. So you pass it out, but we had to ask you, were you registered to vote? You can't have this fan unless you register to vote. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, having that, you know, building that relationship. We kiddingly, but we give it out. So we have to bring that awareness and then see the need of it um, by letting them to know how important their vote is. But you can't just throw it at them sometimes all the time. You have to cultivate and build that relationship. Let Absolutely. me ask you this. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the campaign filing uh, numbers will come out in a few days. Mm -hmm. The one stark thing that we're going to see mm -hmm. and I will report on is the difference between in dollars uh, fundraising between mm -hmm. the GOP and the Democratic Party and as you do you're going to these places mm -hmm. you have to travel mm -hmm. that has to be paid for <laughs> right. you, uh, and people the black people who are running mm -hmm. campaigns they need money to right. run those campaigns mm -hmm. uh, if you look at Chris Jones's uh, the amount he's raised is, is pale in comparison to, to Sarah uh, Huckabee, Huckabee. Right. so where is what is the party doing? And I know you want to maybe want to talk about the new mm -hmm. uh, uh, president of, of the Democratic Party, but the fundraising mm -hmm. that has to be big. It has to. be. That's why Stacey Abrams is so powerful. Yes, because she, she knows is, how to. She's a master. She knows how to fundraise. Well, we need to right. read her book then. <laughs> right, you need to read them. I, I read it. I'll have all notes. You let me know. I can give you my notes because this is part of what we do. Is coming from her. That's my textbook <laughs> that I go through. That's your Bible. But that's my Bible that sits on the side. Well, let me see what she said today. That's right. But um, right. fundraising is it seven chapter in the fifteen. Yes, I, I have it here on my phone. I can tell you what page when I. 
or someone else. I know it was on page 77. <laughs> but um, fundraising is a big part of it. We do need to be doing so. And, and I'm glad that you talked about uh, our new chair, uh, Grant Tennille. Um, we're super excited for, about him because he can help us. We're going to have to rebuild this party. And he'll be a great leader for us in helping getting that fundraising off the ground. Black Caucus, we fundraise uh, through our one fundraiser that we do is King Kennedy. And we did it um, We did it right. The, in 2020, we were weeks, like two, three weeks before COVID. So we were able to get it in, and we did one through COVID. And uh, so the money that we raised is directly directly helps these initiatives to allow us to go to uh, Mississippi County, down to Chico County, down to Union County, and be able to also give money to our candidates who are running. So, yeah, so we are we are a force. Um, I like to say we're the biggest and with the blackest mm-hmm. <laughs> and the baddest auxiliary like for the party. Come on, so. <laughs> Come on, Sarah. James Brown's in there. Right. <laughs> I like I that know it's warning. She's coming on. She has a lot to say. Yeah, I got, I got a question here. Someone just texted me, mm-hmm. um, Deborah. They wanted to know, um, you know, to bring more awareness mm-hmm. and more cohesiveness to the black and brown uh, community as far as the political arena is con- concerned. Is there any thought... Uh, as it regards to maybe a political convention, like a, a black convention, Politi- a black and political. No, we uh-huh. had you know before COVID, we kind of talked about what we were gonna do, you mm-hmm. know, when we had these big visions about having something right before the, you know, but right before. Um, and maybe for election. the people who who have not registered to vote, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some education. We could possibly. I mean, that's an idea to consider, you know. But I always know that creating something, an event is you have to work so hard to get people there but it's easy to go to events that it's already established and penetrate there mm-hmm. but it, it could be something that we have to do to bring awareness um, to it so I would definitely I mean, take I that idea. I think the operative word is political mm-hmm. so people understand what they're going to right. so they know that this is some serious stuff and you're going to be talking about voting you're going to be talking about politics right. as, as it regards to local as well as national mm-hmm. and maybe we'll all learn something Right. so it maybe could be, that, that, that could be that an idea some, we mm-hmm. could do something Something like that. But, um, but everything starts with an idea. It sure does. Right. Always starts with an we idea. We might have to add that to her little. Uh, uh, Let me write that down. <laughs> have write a, that down. She's taking notes. Look at her. She's black People's notes. Convention. A black, yeah, a political. <laughs> political convention. That's right. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about the. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you got an election come up in 2022. Yes. Uh, and you then you. Uh, you get more participation from black people in the presidential election because yes. it's the big election. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but as as you know, the the, the infield elections like the millage, right. uh, the special election, right. and, and even the the twenty twenty two election, uh, there is, and it goes back to Angel's question of, of get out to vote. You've got twenty mm-hmm. twenty. You got uh, oh, you got congressional black candidates. You got. Mm-hmm. Uh, black candidates uh, uh, in the Senate. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got uh, all across across the board. Congress. Well, what are they, is the Democratic Party doing anything to give them a playbook? Because in the past, I know, I've seen where black people are that ran for office are on their own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, uh, I know sometimes you can't, 
you can't give that support before the primary. Correct. But after uh, after the primary, what what is the party doing to coalesce behind those candidates? Well, they do a coordinating campaign. We do a coordinating campaign, and they'll, a strategy will be in place to get all of the candidates to go mm-hmm. and to get into the areas. But even, you know, we have many candidates. We have several candidates already announced, mm-hmm. and they're out there right now. Right. Even though some may have a primary and some don't. I, um, for us as the Black Caucus, we can't we can't endorse anybody. Sure. Um, we can't do that. But I always extend invitations to all candidates. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm gonna be in Osceola. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to be there with us. Mm-hmm. You know, to be part of it and to start that dialogue and to build up. So they do. You have to touch the voter. That was one thing we hadn't done. Mm-hmm. is touch voters and that means engage with them so that if there's ever a strategy that needs to be on the first playbook is is touching and engaging mm-hmm. with the voter well you know they they uh, i haven't been invited back to the to the the, the democrat party since i was on that panel discussion tell them i'll come talk to them yes you can come and you know we've been doing things virtually we've yeah. had uh just during COVID, one of the first things we did and it was a panic i was mm-hmm. having panic attacks about uh, with Zoom because I wasn't comfortable at first but I had to get over it. The first one that we did was the protest to policy and um, and those work out really well where we kind of educate. So we do, we need to have you come back. We had um, Black Voters Matter come. We've had um, Stacey Abrams group to come on there and tell us some strategies on what they do and mm-hmm. they're big when we always ask how do we get African Americans to vote they always say you gotta go reach out to them before build up that relationship we have um, text them you can't just um, send them you have to use off means so you gotta do um, calling you'd like to make a call, um, you have to do um, emails you got to do direct mail and we have a text alert that we've been starting we just started um, and we're building it up uh, anyone that wants to get alerts from us they can uh, text us at 501 226 2888 and they can immediately sign up for text alerts and we'll send information out there and what do those text alerts do they do it sends you up it signs you up immediately and we'll send you alerts about what's going on like how to look at your sample ballot it'll be all about voter education filing okay. is going on here are the people that are running for governor so that's what we're looking to, to eventually to move forward to as we get closer to the election so let so, me understand something mm-hmm. about the black caucus so um, when you say you you guys help in some selecting people that are going to be running in the democratic on a democratic ticket or do you i know i know you do fundraising Mm -hmm. or or or, you know fundraising then help with some funding right for their campaigns but do you help with uh, maybe choosing selecting well we recruit i mean i used i um let's say in 2020 i was on the recruitment uh committee for the party helping to recruit uh candidates to run for office i still recruit um, but I, re- I recruit, you know, um, uh, candidates who are thinking. I don't tell people to mm-hmm. run, uh, you know, because I recruited in my in my profession before. Sure. So what I do is I help educate them on what to expect mm-hmm. and what they need to have, you know, because mm-hmm. um, there's always people. So I'm, I'm running for Congress, and I always ask them, "Do you have the three the three M's? Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta have the three M's, and that's a message, money, and um, well, instead of manpower, but people power. Mm-hmm. You gotta have those three. If you don't have those three, you ain't ready." 
Mm-hmm. You know, so but we really try to educate. We do encourage people to consider running, especially African Americans, especially young people, sure. uh, because I think because voting is personal. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll vote, you'll go to the polls if you know somebody's on there. Mm-hmm. So we can get more people that look like us, people that you know from your community to run, and they campaign and build up the campaign. And those people come to the polls. They they're coming for you. And mm-hmm. they'll just say, who else am I supposed to vote for on this, <laughs> you're on this list? Well, and, and I guess what comes to my mind is that, you know, because when we talk about populations mm-hmm. and how many people that, you, you know, uh, sometimes the, the, the minority um, smaller vote, mm-hmm. you know, wins because the larger voting people that could vote didn't go out to do that. Mm-hmm. But then um, how do we then select or, I guess, convince or know how to select the people. I guess what I'm really getting to is the fact that it's 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 a small arena as far as black um, people that are running for different offices. And what I'm noticing on a local level is that you have one position that comes up or any position, and it's we haven't said who is like who we're going to select. We got 20 people running for, right. for mm-hmm. one position. And I'm just like, okay, so should we have someone or some entity kind of talking to us saying, well, maybe... <laughs> maybe you're you're talking about like the committee to who going to run for this seat. Fil- <laughs> yes. A filter. A filter. A filter. Yeah. It doesn't this, I don't know. There's mm-hmm. not, there's never, I've never got the calls to devil. We want you to be a part of this committee to decide <laughs> who is going to we run for this made, seat. We no, we know, right? <laughs> it's everyone is free. Everyone's free to run. It's hard for me to get that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they should be, you know, especially for African Americans when yeah. we have so many, like, let's say, for example, when it's city board director. Yes. You know, I remember, I remember early on in 2020, it was like 19 when we were figuring out who was running. And Antoine Phillips was running, and Laron, and Laron was, mm-hmm. you know, and people didn't know. And I knew. I was looking on my notes. They went for the same directorship, and people were like, yeah, I'm so excited about them two running. They didn't realize they were running for the same seat. Yeah, so. you know. So, but there's not. I, I'm sure there is somebody but out there. But that's a good. That's a good. But problem it's to a have. good problem to have. I'd rather have that problem than they don't have nobody. And you, you know, and, and the thing nobody is is. is but it gets the, watered down too. That's yeah, all, that's what the, I'm alluding. The to. Democratic Party used the to have. Does. Uh, the ability to bring a big ticket mm-hmm. person right. to the ballot, right? Uh, going all the way to back to Bill Clinton, yeah, and someone who's going to bring people to the polls, someone who Barack Obama, uh, who's that next person to the party statewide? <laughs> you no put man. you putting a sister on the spot. I can't I can't really tell you who I think that person is, but I, I guess. What I'm going to say is that that process or that thought where it takes a big tickle and it trickle it down is really not always the best. It's 
local and builds it up. Well, and I think it's because local, those are the it's ones. Local awareness, mm-hmm. right? It's local education. Right. It people is. Are just, they don't know. It is. And we're stuck in a time warp. And if people don't know, that warp just continues. Yeah. And it makes your job a lot harder. But if we if we're giving people more awareness and right. making it make it not just because it's become going to become a political year of a, a voting year, so we're getting you ready to vote. No, tell me why it's important mm-hmm. how does this arena actually work what happens in the house what happens locally how does it all matter why does should it matter to me what does my vote actually mean and that then becomes that value value principle that means that 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 human touch that human quality and we and always ask people, people what's engaged. important to you exactly that's what i always say so what's important to you and that starts the conversation so if someone says you know I want to be able to have, you know, if you're talking to to a mother and she says, I want to be able to put my kids into a safe school or to a good school. or So education is important to you. Do you know that your school board makes these decisions? Do you know that your state legislature makes the funding? All politics is local. All politics is local. So you have to let them see that. Um, if someone says, you know, I want, I, I want police reform. So then you have to kind of figure out what's important to them and then show them very carefully, you know, how it does impact on who it is. Absolutely. Um, you know, I always turn my, my little music on there and I'm like, why is it so loud in my ear? <laughs> loud. Hey, Jeffrey, we want to thank you so much you. Um, for coming great, on Blocking Yeah, Great conversation. It was we really great. really appreciate you so much. Sure. And uh, you're always welcome to come back. And um, definitely keep that thought in your mind about that political I got it right here. Um, political. Because it, because it will bring a lot more awareness and we don't mm-hmm. have to tug so hard mm-hmm. to get our messages across. And we'll have more people riding alongside of you right. helping you in your plight see and um, so that's that's my two cents for the day thank you so much for listening in to Black Consumer News we'll be back here next Friday from 11am to noon and again thank you for tuning in peace and blessings thank you